Your message is such a key component to delivering a memorable podcast interview and refining your message to share sound bites that grab attention is a skill that you definitely want to have. I'm chatting today with best-selling author, leadership coach, and publishing expert, Michelle Prince, to share all about sound bites. So let's take a listen. So, hey, welcome to the Leverage Your Podcast Show. I'm your host, Lindsay Phillips of smoothbusinesspodcasting.com. My goal is to help you leverage podcasting to skyrocket your visibility, authority, and business by sharing insider secrets from podcast industry experts, including myself, (laughs) who have created a successful business through podcasting. So let's dive in. Hey guys, I have known Michelle Prince for a long, long time. We were actually kind of debating on how long it truly was and um, happened to see that the wonderful Michelle was on Pod Pros uh, Q2 event. And I'm like, I need to get back in touch with her. I need to have her on my show. Um, And you gave such a good talk at Pod Pros about sound bites. And so that's, of course, what we're going to chat about. Um, Michelle, I mean, you're an author, you're a speaker. That's where I met you. You were speaking on stage motivational speaker, leader. And I love that you're in the publishing world. So it totally ties in with podcasting. Um, so it's so wonderful to see you again. I know. I'm so excited. That was so much fun. Uh, you reaching out and seeing you and yeah. hearing you speak and all the things that have, we, you know, transpired through totally the year. Right. Right. But it doesn't seem that long ago, but it I guess- doesn't. I know. I know. And, um, who can't help, but be attracted to your big smile. You always have the best smile. (laughs) Oh gosh. Thank you. Can you come with me like everywhere all day? (laughs) (laughs) You live somewhere sunnier than I do. Um, (laughs) yeah. So when you were on pod pros, you were talking about sound bites and I know you're in the publishing world. And we were kind of talking about this beforehand in that, like, I just kind of want to set the stage for the listeners. It's like when you're reading a book, like for me, I want to get like a little nugget or a chunk and not like take 10 pages to like, okay, what was the point? What was my takeaway? And so I feel like with podcasts, it's kind of the same thing. I'm rambling right now and I'm not giving a sound bite, but <laughs> I'm not taking my own medicine here, but people want like a little nugget where there's like, it's a takeaway. Now I'm probably ruining the term, but can you explain so like what a soundbite is? Cause you'll be at it better at it than I am, of course. Yeah. And I will just give you that as the host, you can ramble as much as okay. you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's really for the guests. And if you're going to be a guest on a uh, podcast, you have to be thinking about what can you say that is short, succinct, and to the point that makes one thought for the audience to take and then also for the host to be able to use and and segue either into marketing or you know indicating that that you're ready for the next question. I like that. And for me the key there is that it's one thought. It's like as a I find sometimes people are like and they're on to the next and on to the next. It's like, breathe. Yes. It's kind of like, and I, I said this on the pod pros, but it's kind of like you're selling the sizzle and, and not the steak, right? Ooh. There's a big, longer story. But when a host is asking you a question, and it's usually that first question. So tell me about yourself. What they really mean is short and to the point, tell me a little bit about what you do. So again, give them the sizzle enough for somebody to want to ask you more questions. Mm. Don't give every answer in one 
answer. Does that make sense? Like in the first one, especially. It totally does for sure. So can you give an example of a soundbite? Yes. So sound bites were actually originated back in, I think it was the 60s, 60s or 70s for a presidential election. And somebody in the media had said, okay, so as a wrap up, you know, what is your overall message, right? So that they could use that in, in advertising or whatever. So a good example of a soundbite would be, for example, so Michelle, tell me about, so, so what do you do? What does performance publishing do? I could go on and on and on and on and on and on about all the different things we do, but a soundbite would be, we create authors. We help people to get their story out of their head onto paper so they can leverage it to make an impact in this world. And bigger issue with that, or not issue, the big thing with the soundbite is making it clear for the host to know you're done. You're done speaking. That is key. And I find it like as a host, it is super helpful for me to be like, okay, that's the end of that thought. It's my turn now or ask to elaborate or whatever. And I think it's easier for the listener to have that pause, absorb the information and take it away and then be like, okay, what's coming up next? Exactly. And it's, it's something that does it may come natural to you. Like I was doing sound bites uh, when Alex asked me to do that uh, uh, yeah. on pros, but I didn't even really realize it as much. So it's, it's just think about what can you say that, that can keep it really, really short. And maybe that is, we were talking about this before, but maybe it's the publisher in me. You know, one of the things we tell our authors is, you know, if you can say something in a paragraph versus a chapter, you say it in a paragraph. The worst thing you could do is to drag something out to where you lose the reader. And the same goes with podcasting. You can't lose the listener and our attention span is so short. So keep it short and to the point. That is so true. And so what are some of the mistakes that podcast guests make? Like, okay. Yeah. So. This literally, I've had some podcast interviews over the last week or so, and maybe I'm just more aware of it because we were doing podcasts last week, but I have an example. So I asked, uh, I had a, a woman on the show and I asked her about her background. Tell me your backstory. And maybe that's a loaded question, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're a podcast guest, you should be prepared for that question. Mm-hmm. And she literally answered for about seven minutes <laughs> and I could not get a word in edgewise. Because in addition to just going on and on and on, there's something called connector words. And a lot of times when somebody's nervous, and I do it myself, you use a connector word to keep it going. So for I'll, I'll give you this example. So my backstory, my story started when I was 18 years old. I met Zig Ziglar. That was the beginning of my journey. So I uh, then fast forward 10 years, and I ended up going out in uh, corporate America. And um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So there's no yes. cost. And, and if you think about what a soundbite really the purpose is, and especially with podcasting, it's, it's for those little short clips to put in reels, to put out there, to market the podcast. And if there's a connector word or something that just keeps it like, there's nowhere to stop. Right. Agreed. And I find that because I'm the one that like listens to my episode to pull out the audiograms or some of the sound bites, And I'm like, oh, I can't end it there. Like there's another word that I'm like, where do I, it makes it tricky. But the biggest thing for me when you're talking about it is what resonates is that as the listener, 
it's, it's how you process information. And sometimes I'll be listening. I'll be like, Ooh, yeah. Like when it's short and succinct and it's like almost like a power statement or tip it, I'm just like, it just hits home faster. You're like, yeah, that's good. I need to remember that. You know, and if you watch the news, in fact, you will see sound bites all the time. They're, they're, masters at it Mm -hmm. where they're setting up the next, um, person coming on. And it it is kind of like that power close. It's, you know, it's, it's just that short little burst of, of great content. And then they do segues, right. Then they do these, um, okay, coming up next. And so (laughs) just kind of keeping an eye on it. But the reason I think it's important in podcasting is our attention. I mentioned this already, but our attention spans truly are so, so, so short. It's getting shorter and shorter every day. And as much as an, a listener wants to hear what the, the guest has to say, at the end of the day, we are reading books and listening to podcasts for our own benefit. Yeah. What can I take away? What can I learn from you? And if there's too much of the backstory or too much of the side story, it, it's not benefiting the listener. That's a great point. And yeah, so it's like a win-win for, for you for how your material is going to get pushed out. And then a win for the host, because it makes it their life easier (laughs) and make it easier to be, you know, a good host. And then for the listener as well. So it's like a triple win. Totally. And I think it just also positions you a little differently. It, you know, being professional preparation, you have to really be thinking about what you want to talk about on the show in order to have a soundbite. So that I think signals to the, the, the host, you've done your homework and you know, and even if it's just having a list of possible sound bites that you could mention if you're not fully comfortable off, you know, on the fly, but, but just try what you can try to just pull your message in to keep it short and sweet and to the point. And, but also answering the question that was asked of you versus 10 other questions. <laughs> true, true. Right. Stay focused. How do you <laughs> yeah. find your core message for sound bites? Like, how do you like I'm on shows, other people are on shows and they, they know their, their topic and their interviews, but how can they refrain from doing the wrong thing and make those sound bites? Cause some people might not quite understand how to make it happen. Right. Great question. So for, for me with, uh, with our authors, it's I think pretty simple because you can really just take the core message of your book. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a lot of times, if you're a guest, you're getting on that show probably because of the topic of your book. True. So coming to coming, think of it as you're writing uh, the cliff notes version of your book. <laughs> I mean, truly and yeah. or show notes for a podcast, right? Like how yeah, yeah. pull it out. In fact, one of the things that I do on my, my, my guest, uh, my podcast guest one sheet is I put on questions for them to ask. Mm-hmm. Now, whether or not they ask me those questions, I don't really care, but it, it, those are each individual. I have individual sound bites to go with each one of those questions and, and not to get in your head about a soundbite, but I have just put that word aside. I just have short uh, teaching points for each yes. one of those questions that can be valuable to the listener. That's <clears throat> that's really all a sound bite is. Thank you for saying it that way. Cause that kind of resonates making a teaching point. And so, and I love that when you gave me your one sheet, you had the questions and it does help the host just for other people that are guesting. It does help the host kind of picture what the interview would be like, what questions to like a jumping off point. It makes it so much easier. Yeah. And 
that is a great tip. So taking those questions and creating your little sound bites or teaching points ahead of time so that you're not winging it. Right. Unless you're just really good at winging it, which some people are. (laughs) But one other tip I'll add is your tone of voice is so important, especially Mm. with podcasting, because, you know, you and I, we are seeing each other, which is awesome. Somebody watches this on YouTube, they are too, but most people are listening through iTunes or, you know, all of those channels and it's audio only. So if you are a guest, your tone of voice is also, it's, it's indicating to the host, whether or not you're still in conversation or if you're done with your point, for example, um, if, you know, when you're in, this may sound too technical and all that, but voice inflection speed on all of that really matters. So if you're in the middle of explaining something. So, so how do you know when it's time to write a book? Well, first, or how do you write a book? Well, first you have to figure out your story and then you have to, right. And so I'm kind of talking fast and I'm also kind of keeping my inflection pretty high. So, you know, I'm still in the middle of the thought, but as I bring that, that thought to a close, you're slowing it down, you're bringing it down a pitch and that way your host knows. And now I'm done. That's perfect. And yeah, and I find that people that use that intonation and the pauses and their voice tone when I'm listening to a podcast, it's easier to listen to and you want to listen to more. And I find it's easier to process the information that's shared. Weirdly enough. I was at a speaking event recently and this amazing speaker, the content was incredible but they delivered it in a very monotone voice. And it was about 45 minutes of not only just no inflection and it was just very straight to the point, but there was no beginning or end to a thought. So there was no soundbite. It literally was for 45 minutes. And the content was so good, but people that I spoke to after all said, you know, they lost me after about five minutes because you can't hold your attention that long. True. So tone of voice matters and then individual concepts and closure. So your brain can like, okay, got that. What's next? Yeah. Did you take like speaker training? Cause I know obviously you speak on many stages or does this just come naturally to you or practicing? Well, in fairness, I was a, a, a communications double major. <laughs> so I do love communication. <laughs> I would do it. I, I did organizational behavior was my major, but I also did communications. I worked for Zig Ziglar right out of college around amazing speakers. And so I definitely had exposure to that. I never officially took media training or anything like that, but I've definitely been around some incredible speakers to learn from. Yeah, that's amazing. And so how do you transition your, obviously with your speaking and publishing, like how do you tie the two together? Like, are there points or tips or strategies that you share with a potential author that they can also use with podcasting? Yes. I just, in fact, last night I was speaking for a group of executive women, many of which may never want to write a book. Although I think we planted the seed to get them started. Nice. But they do want to be more effective leaders. They want to, because a lot of them are, uh, you know, executive positions. And so we, we bridge the gap of authority. What is authority? Authority yeah. influence, right? It's, it's the ability for someone to, or somebody wants to listen to what you have to say. That's authority. 
And so we bridge it together that how do you do that? Well, you have to share yourself. You have to share your story. A leader uh, in a corporation, a manager, the people working up, rolling up to you, they want to know you as a person. So being human, sharing more of your backstory, why you do what you do instead of just keeping it all business is important. Mm. For an entrepreneur, it's crucial because we do business, as our friend Bob Berg would say, uh, we do business with those we know, like, and trust. So if that's the case, the easiest way for your clients to get to know, like, and trust you is to know your story. You know, what is it that you know, personally or professionally, that you could share with someone else to make an impact? And whether you write a book or on a podcast, that's what it's all about. That's true. And it, it, that does not come naturally to people. I know for me, I have a hard time in video to like, kind of like share that part of my story on social. And I tell my clients to, but I'm horrible at it. It's so weird. And I totally get the point and I understand the need and I resonate with it, but it, it doesn't come naturally to everybody for sure. No. And I, in, in fairness, I may share my story in a book because that's a little bit easier to do for me. I'm not there when they're reading it. It is harder for me to do on social media, truthfully. I don't like putting myself out there that much. It is just, it just doesn't come natural. To, it seems like more look at me kind of stuff. Yeah. But if you think about it in terms of going back to that authority and influence is when you are out there and you're sharing great information, that's going to help them personally, mm-hmm. professionally, they're learning, they're gaining something from you. So now when you speak, they, they hear you, they, it can impact them. But so you have to put yourself out there first in order to really make an impact. So if you think about it that way, it's not about you. It's about your message and it's about your message can help someone else. You're just delivering it. Yeah. And with sound bites, I think it's just how to frame your message Mm -hmm. and your knowledge in a way that's easy to consume, easy to promote and easy for the host and just to make those sound bites. Exactly. And as a guest, there's only, you have two jobs, one to make the host look good and two give content to the listener. I mean, that's truly all your job is. And so I think sound bites become a little easier when you think of it in that way. Okay. What can I teach them? What can I do? And how can I follow the rules of my host? Yeah. Answer, but get to the point quickly. Agreed. And when you are working with authors, what tips do you give them to be on their on shows and spread the word about their, their, their book? Yes. Oh my gosh. I, so I'm not in the podcast business like you are, but I am such a huge proponent. I believe that every single author has to either have their own show, which I would like to see them do, but even if they don't, they need to be guests on shows. Yeah. Because if you feel so strongly about your content that you're writing a book, chances are good you're doing it to either make a difference, build your authority, you know, promote a business or all of the above. So if it's in a book, think about all the people, all the younger generations who will never pick up a book, but they listen to podcasts. So you, you think about it, if you really are trying to make an impact, you have to get your message out to where everyone's getting their info, right? Mm-hmm. Some read, some listen. Yeah. And- that more and more people are listening these days. I know. And don't you find it easier? Um, I mean, I don't have my book yet, so I'm sure you're going to wag your finger at me. (laughs) (laughs) 
But like as an author, it is easier, I find, for people to get on podcasts because it's it's just, ooh, they're an author. It's You automatically have that authority kind of built in as soon as you publish it. And it feels like as a host, I'm like, ooh, their book, that's an easy topic. What did they cover in the book? That's an easy show to have, so to speak. Yes. So I have a friend who used to be a newscaster for the local news here. Now it has owns a publicity PR company. And, and the I think the word I heard one time is authors are talk show worthy, meaning Ooh. they're kind of already without even reading the book, they're already established as an expert and media outlets cannot take somebody who's not an expert, right? They need that expert. Podcasts are the exact same way. It's, mm -hmm. it's almost like it's already vetted. Many hosts, some of the biggest ones, in fact, we were on a show together with Jordan Harbinger, who was mm -hmm. saying that he basically only has authors on his radio yeah. show. It's 15 million downloads a month, right? Why does he do that? One, credibility, right? They must be credible if they wrote a book. But two, how easy is it for him to ask questions yeah. out of a book, right? You're not like, what do I ask you? You just go to the book. So yeah. it and makes did you, catch, did you catch his point, Michelle, on that if someone has written a book, they have condensed their message and it's been edited to death. So it's really refined so that when that author is on a podcast, their message, and like you said, their sound bites, their teaching tips, like they're dialed in already. So mm -hmm. it naturally makes for a better podcast episode. Absolutely. And you don't even have to read the whole book. And in fact, a, a well done book, the table of contents is specifically going to tell you what your questions are. Mm -hmm. Because for example, my latest book was called The Power of Authority, and I take them through this authority framework, a journey of, you know, how do you build your authority with or without a book? And each part of the framework, seven steps, is its own little chapter. So when if somebody were to interview me on their show, all they have to do is, all right, let's talk about step number two. Oh, I did perfect. You back, right? And, and so you don't even have to read the book to know what questions. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's just a great way to, uh, it's an easy way. It used to be what got you on stages and it still could, but I'm finding it even more effective to do podcasting because a stage only has a limited audience, whereas a podcast yeah. really has an unlimited lot audience. I know. Agreed. You can definitely uh, reach more people and meet different people like, you know, interview people that are in Finland that are in like Australia and just make those connections with people in different parts of the world. It, it's truly awesome. Yeah. Because in 30 minutes, you can figure out really quickly whether or not somebody's a fit for you in terms of <laughs> yeah. partnerships. Um, we've all done interviews, right? Yeah. <laughs> that you're like, I could potentially work with you, but I'm not sure I want to, you know, it, I know, but on the other end too, it's like we, going back to what, you know, we, what Bob had in his go-giver book is it is all about relationships mm -hmm. and, it's just, I think it's a great way to get to know people and I'm a people person. So I personally yes. love talking to people, Me but too. even if you're not think of podcasting as a way to connect with other like-minded people, mm -hmm. sharing a message you're passionate about, and hopefully giving somebody a nugget or two that could help them be better in their business, their personal life, their relationships, et cetera. Yeah. That's awesome. I appreciate your time and sharing the sound bites and so that we as podcasters can refine our message, 
become better at our craft and get more listeners and just have memorable episodes. Yes. And even and one last thing I'll say is you don't yeah. have to get it right to get it going. Even if you oh, don't I like that confident in your soundbite ability, don't let that stop you, but just practice, practice, practice and get on more shows. And eventually it will just become second nature. Yeah. That's awesome. And how can people find you? And I know obviously many podcasters want to get books. I love that you're in the publishing industry and have been for years. Um, so want to make sure that people can, can find you there as well. Thank you. So it's uh, performancepublishinggroup.com is the publishing website. And on there we do, there's a button you can click for a free strategy call. If you're not sure if you have a story or you're not sure what to do with it, those are totally free and would love to talk to you. Yeah. Awesome. And I think too, like going through that practice for your clients of like condensing your message. And like you said, having those chapters and how to frame it, like it'll just help you in so many ways, not just getting that book out. It'll help you refine your message and create sound bites and just be a, a rock star podcast guest. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Michelle. I love Thank seeing you. you again. And I'm so glad that we're back in touch. I agree. Thank you, Lindsay. All right. And that is a wrap for this episode of the Leverage Your Podcast Show. What is your next step? Head to leverageyourpodcastshow.com to listen to more episodes to get more insider secrets. And if you are now itching to take advantage of the power of podcasting and launch your own podcast, be sure to grab my free launch guide at launchyourpodcastguide.com. We'll see you soon.